In Your Money Today, Carolyn Wright catches up with Samson Lee, who will be one of the speakers at the Digital Economy Summit, which kicks off this morning. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. Today, we're going to take a look at the tokenization of assets. According to the OECD, it had become one of the most prominent use cases of distributed ledger technologies like blockchain by 2020. But a lot of us probably still don't know that much about how it works. One man who does is Samson Lee. He's the founder and CEO of CoinStreet Partners, a decentralized investment banking group. And Signum Digital, which is a joint venture between CoinStreet and Summerlee, recently gained an approval in principle from the SFC for a security token offering and subscription platform in Hong Kong serving professional investors. Sam joins me now. Thank you for coming in today, Sam. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure to be here. Just a quick introduction about myself because uh, we have a, a lot of discussion around Web3 now. I actually start from Web1. <laughs> You're old school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit, you know, but to me, it's a natural evolution. Right, because uh, if some of you still remember back in in the internet days, the dot com days, right? I started with Tom dot com, uh, which is the first listed company in the gem board, right? And then like you know, transitioning into the telecom world. Um, now we talk web to the web free. Previously, uh, I was doing two G to three G on the mobile world. So you're the perfect man to help explain the evolution of the financial world for us and talk about tokenization. Can you just run us through what tokenization of assets actually means and sort of maybe relate it to the traditional financial world? That's an excellent word you pick on evolution, right? This is not a revolution which is completely new and I don't particularly like the word disruption, right? This is a natural evolvement. In the digital asset world, there are actually six asset class now. There is the Bitcoin by itself, its own ecosystem, trading over 1 million Bitcoin, change hand every day. There are the 20 plus thousand cryptocurrency, which is still a wild, wild west even today, right? And there is the stable coin. And there's the government-issued stablecoin, which very often called CBDC. And there's the NFT and also the security token, which is the least spoken of. But I think it will be have the largest opportunity though. Because the way I see security token is it's a bridge between the virtual world, the virtual asset world, and the traditional capital market world. On one hand, from the eyes of the regulator, it is a virtual asset. But security token structure is like a wrapper, wrapping a lot of underlying assets. And the underlying assets very often are the real-world assets that traditional investors can understand. And they can use a lot of the model they're familiar with to do the due diligence process. So that combination is very unique, I think. And now, given the support with the legal framework, I think this could take the industry to the next level. So how does a security token actually really differ from, say, a company issuing stocks or bonds? Ah, that's a great question. Well, first of all, I think um, the STO, some people compare STO to IPO, for example, right? I think it's, it's not the right comparison. It's, it's actually could be the same development path. I can actually see company finishing STO can still do an IPO later. Right. So STO, I think the unique opportunity is to serve the small and medium firm. Um, they're not targeted for public company, for example. Right? They, the public company, I think they will be very efficient on the current public market. 
But we know the current public market is not very efficient to a lot of the small and medium firm. First of all, the requirement of listing is very high, and smaller company they might not able to enjoy such an um, opportunity. But on the other hand, the current small and medium firms they need an alternative fundraising method. And on the other hand, for the investor side, although we say our current STO license, for example, is only serving the professional investor, but being a professional investor still have a pretty large range. Uh, until they become like a high net worth individual to be served by many private bankers, for example, many professional investors they they really have not too many choice in terms of investment, especially in alternative investment. According to the research, the alternative investment is growing uh, very significantly, but I think majority of the alternative investment in Hong Kong, for example, is invest in real estate. But STO it can actually provide a much more opportunity. For example, when I mentioned it is a wrapper wrapping many underlying asset. So the underlying asset you can think about it. It could be a solar farm. It could be, of course, equity of a small and medium company, and it could also be debts. It could be real estate, or it could be a collection of risky. For example, right. So it could be very flexible, and able to provide a very interesting investment vehicles to professional investors. So it sounds like pretty much anything, anything you could deem an asset could be tokenized. Well, theoretically, now uh, we are very grateful to receive the first license from SFC to be a STO offering and subscription platform, right?、Um, but I think、uh, we need to. Walk together with SFC to define a lot of the details, right? Whether, as you mentioned, whether we can tokenize anything, or maybe you know certain area of focus. So I think、uh, we'll have to work with SFC together to define that. How much of a, a sort of stamp of confidence is it that the SFC is now looking to grant these kind of licenses and is working with companies to develop this space? What does it say about how the Web three world is developing? Our company Constrict we started in two thousand seventeen. So in the past six year, we have experienced and, and watched how the industry developed. I have to say,、um, the development from the regulator side and the government in the past six months is very impressive, right? So now I see they definitely have a very clear direction, very open mind, and actually executing a lot of the statement that they put out. So I think this statement or vision from the government of really making Hong Kong to be a hub of virtual asset is really realizing step by step. It seems like it's very much a sort of process of getting on that ladder and then taking a step and climbing up and making those steps easy enough for the industry to to achieve. That's very important because、uh, when we talk about Web three, I think the the major fundamental difference between Web two and Web three is really to be able to do a lot of the financial transaction in a decentralized way. So by leveraging decentralized technologies similar to the Bitcoin, but applying to a different asset class, really using the blockchain to do all the settlement between two parties don't even have to know each other. Because all the trust is being solved by the blockchain, and that is very powerful. And I think to realize that vision, 
regulation is very important because that's set the framework, especially now we are heading into a global international transactions, right? Because technically every product create from the blockchain is a global product, right? Just like Bitcoin trading globally. So you can imagine in the future, a security token issue on the blockchain could easily trade on multiple license exchange in different countries. So I think having a regulation framework in place is something that can help the industry to expedite for much faster growth. Now, Sam, you're also speaking at the Digital Economy Summit that kicks off today, moderating one of the panels on uh, blockchain infrastructure. Now, the theme for the event is emerging with resilience and fostering a smarter future. What does a smarter future mean to you? Well, we are living in a world that's getting smarter every day, right? Like every day I, I, I heard from more people that they get access to chat TPG, for example, right? So I can actually see the newer generation, you know, when they grow up, they probably accompany by multiple AI or bots, you know, like as, as the tools and, and, and that's just makes everything smarter, right? Because like everybody, they have multiple brains with them, you know, and try to figure out many things in parallel. Um, and, and, and people don't want to lag behind. So I can see this trend and, 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 and the tools are becoming more user-friendly, easily available. So when we talk about trading now, uh, very often we heard about like quam trading, you know, AI trading. So it's not just rely on a, on a traditional um, uh, method anymore, right? So um, what does it mean in different industry, for example, for investment or for fundraising or even for e-commerce, right? Because a lot of the um, technology now, for example, in, in NFT, right? You think about it, it's, it's, it's actually able to help the e-commerce, right? It's a transaction, it's not a security. They are just change hand of merchandise and things like that. So I think um, that with the decentralized network can really create a lot of new business model. And I think most importantly, uh, being a guy that's, you know, walk through the web one and two and three, I, I see technology cycle repeating itself, right? Like, you know, every decade or so. But what's important is the change of consumer behavior. It doesn't change very often, right? You think about it now, like when we're enjoying the, the video, the TV streaming service at home, you know, very comfortably, but it really not much different from watching a DVD or Blu-ray disc, right? In the Hollywood studio, they call this home entertainment. It doesn't change at all, right? It's the same. Still has sat at home. <laughs> right? And, and the, the TV gets thinner, actually make a big, bigger difference because you save some space, right? But what I'm saying is, with this technology and web free, we, we does really see a change in consumer behavior. And if we come back to the investment space, this allow development of a lot of new financial product that could leverage on the idea of fractionalization. So they're willing to accept to invest into one of 10,000 of a luxury yacht, for example. They don't have to own the whole yacht. Then comes to the product offering or the issue or how to design new product to fit into this new customer behavior. I think that will be a huge opportunity. Fascinating to get your point of view on the evolution of technology there and what's happening with tokenizing assets. That is Samson Lee, founder and CEO of Coin Street Partners.